Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up, though? What up, though? And welcome to the Base for the Culture podcast. We are your hosts, Janine Wilson. And Jane Wilson, the fourth. And welcome to the show. And we like to say thank you guys for listening to us, for tuning in with us every other week right here on Base for the Culture. And if you are new here, welcome. Welcome. And I did just want to say thank you guys for the feedback that we've been getting. And I feel terrible sometimes because I am not. (laughs) I'm so busy that sometimes I don't check our DMs on social media that often. Um, So if we're slow with the feedback there, charge it to the time schedule and not the heart right. um but we will respond eventually but thank you guys so so much for like all the great feedback that we've been getting and there was one thing there's um some feedback that we've been getting from multiple people regarding the ads in the episode all right so i will most certainly try to work on the volume level of the ads that you guys are hearing um because we do have to monetize the show because that's how we make money um but I will do my best to either not have ads within the show, put them uh, front to back. And because um, I know, like, even when I listen to the show, sometimes, like, we'll be, you know, talking and then that ad will cut right in yeah. and it's super loud. And it's just like TV, y'all. Like, yeah. I can't control the volume <laughs> of those those ads. Um, the content management system that I use, they just kind of, like, do it themselves but i will go ahead and change it or manually do it so that it will not be as loud but we we understand and we thank you so much for the feedback and thank you for your patience while we work to make that better for you and um, i'll be able to help out when i get the new laptop okay (laughs) that's great i appreciate it (laughs) all right and um you guys can always reach us at base for the culture at gmail.com uh, based for the culture on Instagram and Facebook. And I will never lie to you guys. I am not as active on Facebook as uh, we are on Instagram. But, uh, yeah, we do head over there from time yeah. to time. I All think right. I go in there to check for birthdays every now and then. I mean. And then I hate wishing somebody a happy birthday because I know I'd have missed, like, ten other people's birthday. Yeah, I'm 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 horrible on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but we thank you guys so much for all the love and the feedback, and we are so glad that you guys are enjoying the show. And uh, we've gotten some really uh, great ideas for different interviews, and we will be talking about a lot um, of your favorite bases in the upcoming episodes and some of the interviews that you guys have been asking for. So, guys, once again, thank you so much for the feedback, and uh, just a couple of things before before we get into our on base bases for today's special episode of Base for the Culture mm-hmm. that we're super duper excited about. Um, just a couple things opening first before we get into that. Um, I do want to say happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, this episode will drop on Thanksgiving. And gobble, gobble. Yes, and we are just super <laughs> thankful for so many things and we just hope that you guys have a great time with your families and just in the season of gratitude and we are so thankful for you guys. This is my first Thanksgiving with my granddaughter, Ella. Yes. Yes, we have a granddaughter. We are grandparents. Like I know yeah. we too cool to be grandparents, y'all. I get it. But we are grandparents to little Ella. Yes. Love you. Aw, baby Ella. All right. And uh just a couple more things before we get into our on base. Uh we we cannot not talk about the fact that last night we saw Al Turner. Yes, Al the burner Al Turner. The burner, Turner burning Man. up the stage. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> He came back home to Detroit and did a one night only show at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. His mom and dad was there. It was great. It was so much love in the room. Yes. And it was just such a blessing for him to be able to, well, to see him perform for yeah. his parents and, yeah. and everybody. And 
I had a chance to see my mentor, Carrie Lacey. Shout out to him. Carrie Lacey was in the building. And if you are a Detroit bass player or a musician, you understand that Carrie Lacey is bass royalty here. (laughs) Um, So big shout out to Carrie Lacey. And there were so many bass players in the building. Yeah, we seen Kern there. Yeah, shout out to Kern. Like, it was just so much love. And Al Turner, man, to see him in person. And it was... Such an inspirational show, wouldn't you say? Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was. And the thing that got me the most um, now, I am lifelong friends with all of his family. Mm -hmm. So there's a connection there. So I know the stock that he comes from. And um, to see that displayed on stage was so heartwarming. He is such a humble spirit. And everything that he did, everything that he played, he did not, um, like, there was no mistake about it, that he gave all glory to God. Man, I'm just still thinking about I got a chance to touch (laughs) Al Turner's Ken Smith. I touched it. I touched it. All right, so after the show, like, everybody's all crowding (laughs) around Al, and, you know, we got our chance to kick it with him, but... While everybody's all, you know, (laughs) talking to the musicians and everything, we over there taking pictures of his warrior and his Ken Smith, and we just like in awe of his bases. And I'm sure people are looking like, okay, they weird, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But it was such an amazing show. And, um, you know, when he get into um, his bag and he really taps into his inner Lewis Johnson, and he just went crazy. It <laughs> yeah. was so amazing to yeah. see in person. And big shout out to the band, like Demetrius Neighbors. Oh, yeah. Like he is a, a phenomenal uh, musician. And then Ron Otis was on those drums, killing it. And I was telling my husband, I have not seen a live drum solo that great oh, in yeah. a long yeah. time. Yeah. Like yeah, Ron killing Otis it. killed it, man. Um, but it was such a phenomenal show. So big, big, big shout out to um mr al turner and we will be having him on the show soon so stay tuned for that it's going to be a great interview guys yes it was cool that was great wonderful all right so you know i'm gonna ask what are you listening to um i've been listening to um like it's just a song i've just been putting on but um it just happened to be on all the time for some reason but it's called head in the clouds by nine sparks riot yep it's a nice little jazz song so that's what I've been listening to. Somehow it's always on the, when I get ready to turn on my Spotify, it's always on. So <laughs> That's because Spotify is the plug. <laughs> like between Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music, and I'm not going to say anything bad about any of them because we're on all three of those platforms. Right, right, right. Um, but my favorite for the curation of different like playlists and music would have to be Spotify. Okay. Um, yeah, so that brings me to what I've been listening to. And I got into this guy off of a, um, a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, the artist, rather, is Charlie Stacy. Oh, okay. He's a keyboardist. Okay. And his new single he just dropped is called Music is Healing. And the song is the whole essence of the title. Okay. And, man, this song is phenomenal. And I, I really was not up on him until this song mm. and just doing my little research he actually he tours with Yusef Days oh okay so That's yeah he's, a, okay, yeah, he's yeah. in that camp and then the thing that I liked about the song and you can hear it um so he was saying like about this song that um he really wanted to tap into how the jazz artists before us like how they created and made music you know they'll just go in the studio mm-hmm. and whatever happened then is what you got you know right, that was right, the product right, right, right. And so he said, like, the project was recorded disc, direct to disc, live and in less than two takes per side of the vinyl, which was intimidating, but it made him realize how great many of the jazz inspirations from the 20th century were in recording what they did with no overdubs and no mm, editing. Right, right. All recorded on vintage to analog recording and mastering equipment. So it was like, that's that's what he went for with this, and you can hear it. Yeah. And then he said he tried to channel some of the spiritual jazz influences of Pharaoh Sanders and John Coltrane. I and listen to this. It, the song is have so I heard good. It? You probably okay. have not. Okay. And then um, he, he said, as well as the fusion sounds of the early 70s return to forever. So this song incorporates and encompasses all of that. And it, it really is like it puts you in the mindset to realize that music is healing. Okay. Like that's the whole yeah, energy of the that song. To me. I sure will, and it will also be in the playlist for you guys. 
So, yep, that's what I've been listening to. Okay. All right. All right. So, this episode of Base for the Culture is a very special, and it's probably going to be like a five parts, but it's going to be about Prince's basses. Yes. Okay. So, if we're going to talk about a bass player that played for Prince, we have to talk about Prince for a minute. Right, right. So, let right. me let me give you all a little history of your host here, okay? <laughs> so, um, my Gene is 12 years older than me, so he's a, a 70s baby. I'm an 80s baby, okay? 70 on the dot. Right. So, <laughs> he... Um, by the time Prince came on the scene, you know, he was he was a little bit older. Were you like a uh, preteen teenager? Right. Yeah. Okay. So he was of the age to where, you know, at his like actually, middle school like, was the middle school well, um, no, talent like actually, show. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What what did you perform at your middle school talent show, Gene? <laughs> Tell, tell the listeners what you performed. Horny Toad. S- seventh grade, y'all. <laughs> he did Horny Toad at the talent show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's how much of a Prince fan this man is. And it's still, just, like, I still be like scratching my head to this day. Like, this was a Catholic school. <laughs> like, w- w- like, <laughs> like, the things you can't say and do today. Man. I'm a black kid at a Catholic school doing Horny Toad. At the talent show. At the talent show. You were supposed to be performing Amazing Grace, (laughs) and they don't let you come on the stage and do Horny Toad. Uh, You know I had the little Prince routine with the splits. (laughs) So it's so cute. So him and his his bandmates, they used to put on these Prince concerts with cardboard instruments. Me and Previn. They made their own little instruments out of cardboard before they could afford real ones. Yep. Keyboard made out of cardboard. We had the couch down there, red, blue, yellow, green lights. We charge a quarter. People in the neighborhood would come and stand on the stairs and watch us perform. Man. That was crazy. I'm so glad social media was not- I wish it did. No. <laughs> I wish I could see that footage, y'all, because all I get is the stories, but I wish. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, so um, him and I, we are both huge Prince fans. And, um, man, and it still seems surreal that he's no longer with us, but so thankful for everything that he did leave with us. So we are going, and this is hard, y'all. This was, like, hard. So we are going to get into our top five (sighs) personal favorite Prince songs. And I know this was a lot of pressure for you, so I will go first. All right. Okay. And I'll just shoot mine down. I'm going to go five to one. Okay. And then you can do yours. I don't even, I think there might be one song that we might have on our list together, but I'm going to go ahead and start it off. All right. So for my number, and this was so hard. This was actually harder than Stevie Wonder, like trying to pick my top five Stevie songs. Like this was harder. Okay. So for five, I have Little Red Corvette. Okay. And for me, Little Red Corvette is like it's so uh, it's a such a mellow vibe it puts you in that space like that will get you right and then just a classic glenn like it's such a a classic prince vibe i love it all right so then my number four would have to be pop life because come on iconic prince baseline like prince is killing that baseline Okay. okay um so number four is pop life and i know you would not this song would never be on your top I don't even think 20. But for me, my third song, mm. personal favorite, has to be Diamonds and Pearls. Okay. The melody, the vocals, the whole arrangement, and Prince, like the guitar riffs he's doing on that song, is just such a beautiful song. Like, I love it. Okay. It hits me here. It's like a church song. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. a worship song. Um, But I couldn't, I have two number threes. I didn't even know this was allowed, but I could not leave this off. Okay. So my my tie for three is I want to be a lover. Cause okay. come on, okay, that's self explanatory. Um, and then you get like a whole concert for like the last like four minutes of the song. <laughs> come on. Um, so number two, and it was so hard to choose between my one and two. Mm-hmm. Two was gonna be I would die for you. Okay. And okay. we're not even going to lie that that is also a worship song because when I listen to that song, I think of my Lord and Savior. But anywho, um, but I Would Die For You is just such the, to me, like the the mecca and the epitome of early prints. Okay. 
perfect, perfect, perfect song. Love it. So that leads me to my number one. All right, what's your number one? I think you know what it is. If I Were Die Free was my number two, you got to know that Private Joy is my number one. <laughs> Private Joy is the most fantastic, wonderful Prince song he ever did, in okay. my opinion. And it, from the bass line to the harmonies, like mm-hmm. Prince is stacking his harmonies like nobody's business. Okay. And like his whole vocal arrangement was on point the whole song. But the whole like. I could literally have had the worst day of my life and I could put that song on and I would be so happy. It brings me so much joy. Yeah. So that's my number one. Okay. All right. So I got my five and then I got a wild card that I Ah, throw in there. Okay. And my wild card could fit in any slot. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm going to start off with the five. You got to realize, all right, so when I became a Prince fan, I believe it was like more so... Like I like I got hooked on the nineteen ninety nine, then I went back. Okay. And then, you know, I went back and then went forward. So my range of Prince songs like goes back from like he got like my top one of my top five is off his first album. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then like my top four is like off his second album. So it goes, you know, back. Yeah. Okay. All right, so number five is gonna be Crazy You. That's off his for you album. That's like one of I love that song. I love that song. Okay. All right, my number four, Sexy Dancer. That's, I lo- <laughs> it's such a groove, like, man, uh, like, that song is just a groove. I yeah, yeah. All right, my number three is your number one, Private Joy. No, uh, okay. Yeah, that, and that, that was the only song I figured we would have in common. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, number two, and I love this song to death, She's Always in My Hair. That's my jam. Oh, oh, oh. my God, I love that song. And then my number one, my number one I, I know all what it time, is. what? Adore. Nope. Oh, I'm, okay. My number. This is my number one all time out of all Prince songs. This is my f- absolute favorite song, "Ballad of Dorothy Parker." I would have got that wrong <laughs> on the on the newlywed game. I Sheesh. love, yeah, "Ballad of Dorothy Parker." That I, I love. That Somebody could have been like a gun to go in my head. <laughs> What's your husband's number one favorite Prince song? And I'll be dead because I did not. Know <laughs> Now it's, 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 it's now it's two other songs. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this, and then I'm gonna tell you what my wild card is. One of my other songs, my favorite songs from Prince, is called "Girl." That's like one of my favorite ones. And my wild card that can fit in any slot is the one he did with George Clinton, "We Could Funk." Wow. <laughs> you think you know a person? <laughs> So it's crazy because I think about some people that listen to Prince. Like, I mean, how many of these songs that some people probably never even heard? How many people even heard of Ballad of Dorothy Parker? Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think some people heard that She's Always in my because they used to play that on the radio radio all the time. You got to be an old Prince fan to know about Crazy You and Sexy Dancer, Mm -hmm. you know, and Private Joy. That's just a classic, man. But people don't really know that song. Yeah, people don't really know it. But they used to play it on the radio. And see, I maybe Mojo might have been the only one. Maybe, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I like um, like We Could Funk, but George Clinton. That's like one of my jams. And Girl, and then I like it's the uh, Tambourine Around the World in a Day. I wonder you, life could be so nice, dude. Take me with you. Take me with you. Computer Blue. Oh man, we could just we could go on and on. <laughs> I do enjoy the song. Okay. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> we talking about Prince, y'all. That's the name of the song. <laughs> okay. I mean. All right. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> All right, so we're talking like, all right, we're, our on-base segment. Oh, before we get into the on-base, um, I know it's not popular, but I did mm-hmm. enjoy the Batman soundtrack that he did. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I like some of the songs off of there. Yeah. But it wouldn't be like in my top five. It wouldn't be in my top five at all, yeah, right, but I right. think that gets slept on. And yeah. that's that was, for me, and y'all might call me, and I really don't care, 
Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman. So okay. that was my that was my favorite Batman film. So when okay. I was like, even as a kid, like I was excited that Prince did the soundtrack. But I think my favorite Batman may be Adam West. Oh, we gonna take <laughs> take it to the Cause, OG. Cause I mean. That's where Batman birthed for me. Yeah, so. but you know, ever since it's been eighty-five million Batmans, and Christian Bale don't do it for me, so it's it's Michael Keaton. We digress. All right, so yes. So all right, before we go on to the on base, um, I just want to say more on what we were talking about. How we're doing a segment, and we're gonna break it up in different parts because there's so many. But we're just like specifically every now and then we throw in a little special little special treat about one of Prince bass players. And if anybody have any more information or some information that we don't know, help out with this list. But so far with the names that we have on this list, we have like Andre Simone, Mark Brown, Levi Caesar, Sonny Thompson, Rhonda Smith, Larry Graham, Josh Dunham, um, Tell Wick, um, Tell Wakefield, Tell Wakefield, did I say her Wilkinfield. name? Okay, you say that. <laughs> Tell. Um, Eda ne- Nielsen, Nikki West, Mono Neon, and if anybody else, oh, uh, um, Andrew Goucher. Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> I say Andrew. <laughs> Andrew Goucher. So, and then any other bass players that might have played, you know. That yeah, we we done, we've mentioned. already done some of them on bass, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, we just picking out them, you know, some of the, you know, we bass players, so we just look at stuff like this. Yeah. So, who we got? Who we going with first? Of course, we have to start with the none first. other than the very first, first. the OG, yes. Mr. Andre, Andre Simone, Simone on bass. On bass. All right. All right. So um, I mentioned to my wife at the beginning of this episode that besides, you know, knowing that Andre Simone is like the first guy to play bass with Prince, I personally, as much as a Prince fan as I am, I mean, I'm really interested in hearing about what's going on with Andre that I didn't know about. All right. Because I haven't seen any of the recent interviews and stuff, you know. So what you got for me? All right, well, we're going to get into it then. All right. All right, so Mr. Andre Simone, he was actually born Andre Simon Anderson, June 27, 1958, in Minneapolis. Okay. Why do we, why do we always want to say Indianapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> his father, Fred Anderson, he was a musician. Okay, what did he play? We're going to get into Fred because okay. it's All a story right. here. Okay. Yeah. And his mother, Bernadette, she was a social worker. Mm-hmm. But um, Andre was the youngest of six kids. Okay. All right, so, and I'm going to come back to Andre's dad. We're going to talk about him in a minute. Okay. All right, so coming from a musical family, he was surrounded by music all the time. He was into a lot of, um, you know, the music at the time. His sister would hire him because his sister was older, Mm -hmm. and she was a cheerleader. So um, she would hire him as the entertainment. She would do these quarter parties. And kind of, kind of like you and Previn, uh-huh. she would hire him to be the entertainment. He would do a Jackie Wilson routine. Oh, uh, for real? Yeah, he would do like the four way splits and everything. <laughs> like he was just a natural born entertainer. Okay. So you know he would you know go in little entertaining little parties. At that time, he wasn't like a musician, but you okay. could tell that okay. he was gonna be somebody, right? Okay. So his father played upright bass. Uh, okay. Okay. So he actually, you know, was around his dad, you know, all his dad was rehearsing, playing. And so he already had like a natural inclination to play in bass by watching his father. Okay. But in um, early elementary school, he learned to play sax, trumpet, and trombone. Trombone. (laughs) (laughs) We need to make a list of all the bass players that we know of that started on trumpet. Cause I hear that a lot, you know, from your um, when you when you mm-hmm. do your bios, yeah, and and it's weird because like technically piano was my first That's instrument, you, but you trumpet start... really was my first instrument. Yeah, and I mean I don't even see how that's a natural progression. I mean, <laughs> but y- yeah. That that is very yeah. common. It's either always piano or most of the time trumpet and, and drums. Used to be, yeah, but, drums yeah. is like the because yeah, that would be me. Right, yeah. And then his sister was also a musician, and she had a, he said it was a little like a beat up organ, but it was an organ that worked. Mm -hmm. And so he taught himself how to play the organ as well. Okay. 
but um like his not even just his immediate family but like his extended family they were musical also okay so during this time like as a kid he lived in the projects so um you know he was like they really couldn't afford a lot at that okay. time um but he had some cousins that were well to do he said that his uncle owned a cadillac dealership uh-huh. so they had a big old house and they had like everything so his cousins had instruments so he used to always bad to go over there he's like they had keyboards pianos <laughs> guitars so he would always go over his cousin's house to play their instruments and his cousin had a guitar that he's swore he was gonna learn how to play <laughs> he didn't practice he didn't really do nothing with he just kept breaking the strings on it right mm-hmm. so andre begged and begged and begged for that guitar he was like you're not playing it anyway like let me have it so the cousin finally gave in and gave it to him and that's how he got his first guitar okay. but did this the, the guitar only had four strings and they were not four strings who in else, order who was who else did that had the guitar it was we did it we did it on bass bomb it was somebody we did it on bass that had a guitar was with four strings. I don't know. I'm bad. All right, go All ahead. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and the, but the strings were not in succession. They were just like it might have been skip two. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, but um, he still taught himself how to play. Okay, you know he the, he was that killing, right there is genius. Right? He, he was killing on the, the four random strings. <laughs> so you got the one string, two missing, then two strings together, one missing. And, yep, and you know how to play a scale. <laughs> You are you're a genius. He made it happen. <laughs> um, so his mom was the one who brought him his first bass because okay. he wanted an electric wait, wait, bass. Wait a minute, he was trying to play bass on his guitar. No, no, oh, no, okay. no, no. But after he learned the guitar with oh, okay. the four strings and a guitar, he wanted to play bass because he wanted, you know, <laughs> okay. his right. father okay. was a bass player. He didn't want to play double bass. He okay. wanted electric bass. Right. So his mom brought him his first bass. I don't know what kind okay. of bass it was, um, but he said his father did not really support him in playing bass. Mm. And he said because, you know, he think it's because his father, you know, he tried really tried hard to be a musician and to make it work with music, but it didn't. Okay. You know, it didn't take off. He still so had he to have a regular job. He wasn't jealous. Was pride and- but it was kind of like I didn't make it, so you not either. You know, uh, okay. in that kind of okay. regard. Um, so it really wasn't like he had the whole support, support. of his dad, you know. Well, his dad didn't care whether he practiced or not. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, by the time Prince made it to, I don't know, call this man Prince. By the time Andre Simone made it to um, middle school, mm-hmm. they had moved. They moved out of the projects and moved to a house in the neighborhood. Okay. Okay. So, at this time, Andre had to go to a new school, <clears throat> and he was going from elementary to middle school anyway. But okay. he had moved to a new city. New neighborhood. City. Right. So, Andre. When he got to the school, he was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So he was in gym class, and the gym teacher was just calling names. And he told, when I call your name, just go stand over there. So the gym teacher called his name. He told him to go stand against the wall. And, you know, he didn't have no friends there that he knew of. So he just trying to look through the line to see if he see anybody he know. Mm-hmm. And he like, well, I don't know nobody here. So he said he saw this little short kid. And he was like, okay, he looked like a cool dude. So he went to go <laughs> stood by him. And so he went, you know, he introduced himself. He like, you know, my name Andre, whatever. He like, my name Prince. And then they, they start talking and they both found out that they were both musicians and they were into music. Okay. So he was like, you know, he asked Prince, he was like, what you play? And he like, I play keyboard and I play guitar. And Andre was like, okay, cool. I play horns and I play bass. <laughs> and then Prince was like, you want to come by after my house and jam? Like, you want to come by my house after school and jam? And so he was like, yeah. And that's how they became friends. And he was like, it's one of those moments in your life that you don't That's like being present. (laughs) Yeah. But um, one of these guys was Prince. So he was like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. That was funny. So he was like, it was one of those moments in your life where. You don't even realize that that was a definitive moment that was going to change your life forever. You like we kids in gym class. That's crazy. That is that's crazy. And how many people like just that same situation at or you at a boys and girls club? You like, hey, my name is Eric. What's your name? Oh, my name's Michael. 
and right. it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you like, man, I played in Boys and Girls Club with this guy. And it's, you know. That's like, and that made me think of Denzel Washington because he was a huge supporter of Boys and Girls Club because mm-hmm. he came up in Boys, Boys and, Girl. and Girls Club. And you in Boys and Girls Club with Denzel, and you, this is just a little kid you go to the Boys and Girls Club with. And he turns out to be one of the best Girl, actors, actors ever. And the fact that you remember that, because I mean, be honest, like growing up as kids, how many little kids that we didn't, you know what I'm saying? I could have been playing at a boys and girls club with Kid Rock. I wouldn't have never known it. Right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Definitely you, because you don't remember nobody. I don't remember nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So he was like, yeah. So he went over to Prince House after school. And um, he was like, you know, when he walked in the prince's house, he was like, it was cool. He was like, they had his like his dad had all type of recording um, equipment, equipment, nice stereo, a piano, and he was like, okay, so they they do music over here, right? Okay. All right, so he was like, you know, they they kids, so they playing like the Batman theme song and different, <laughs> you know, stuff they would hear on TV and the, on the radio. And so Andre was like, okay, this little kid can really play. Like, for real. <laughs> and so um, Andre was looking at some pictures that Prince Daddy had over by his piano. Mm-hmm. And he looked at one of the pictures and he was like, that looked like my daddy. And what? so he was like, Prince, who was this? And he was like, I don't know, somebody my dad played with. And so he was like, you can ask him. He'll be home soon. So... Prince Daddy come in the house, mm-hmm. and first off, he looking like, who are you and why you in my house? <laughs> and so Prince like, you know, this is my friend Andre, and he play whatever, whatever. And so he was like, um, um, can I ask you, who is this in this picture? And then he said Prince Daddy looked at the picture. Then he looked at Andre. He looked back at the picture again, and he started busting out laughing. He was like, you Fred Anderson's son. <laughs> and he was like, that is my daddy. And he was, because his dad had hair in the picture. And I guess then, uh, in, in present day, he okay, didn't have he didn't hair. hair. So he okay. didn't look, you know, the same. And so he was like, he was like, yeah, I played with your dad. And so um, ever since then, he it said was, that, you know, Prince dad was cool with him coming over and stuff. And okay. he found out. Prince dad told him, he was like, yeah, y'all used to play together when y'all was babies at the rehearsals. Wow. And they didn't, they had no So clue. they haven't rehearsed together and both of them kids are sitting there. See. They didn't even know they were friends as babies. Well, played together as babies. And it was a full circle moment that Andre just randomly picked this kid out of a lineup of kids to go stand next to. Mm-mm-mm. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. And then here you, y'all two buddies playing music together and y'all fathers with buddies playing music together that's cool yeah that's what's up. so they was just destined to be cool that's what it sounds like to yeah. me right so um they, they became fast and friends. this was like middle school this so was seventh this grade seventh grade mm-hmm. okay so they became fast friends they were always together playing and everything so in his early teens prince ended up leaving home and living at Andre's house. Yeah. And so because you know he was having problems at home. And he was (laughs) Andre someone was kind of talking about the time that Prince lived with him. And he was like, you know, it was cool because we was just making music all the time. But then he was like at at some point Prince started being Prince. Like he was starting to get into that okay, mode. Okay. And so he was like, we couldn't even share the same room anymore. So he was like, Prince ended up taking the basement, which is where the instruments were. He ended up moving to the attic. And then the sisters had ended up sharing a room because they had separate rooms and okay. they could just put the sisters together so they could, Prince and Andre could be separated. He was like, you know, that was still my boy, but we just, right. you know, he was doing too much. <laughs> I was like, I can imagine, because, you know, at this time, the neighborhood know about them. Okay. You know, so you, I could see Prince kind of getting a big head, like, okay. you know, that pre-Prince was Andre, growing in him. Andre, I think you should move upstairs. <laughs> in his own house. Like, so. I know this is your house, but it's my basement now. <laughs> so he was like, Prince would like be making music. He'll come upstairs and be like, listen to this. And then I just walk back downstairs. Like, <laughs> I was like, I can't. I love it, man. Because remember I that interview it. surfaced not too long ago. A little kid, Prince. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was talking about his little his school? Yeah. And I was like, 
dog, he still sounded, he sound the same even as a kid. Even as a kid. Man. So, um, yeah, so that's how that started. And so in high school, Andre, Prince, Indiana Prince's cousin, Chaz, which was a drummer, they okay. formed a band. Okay. And so initially they didn't have a name for the band. But then Terry Jackson joined the band on percussion. And so the band briefly went by Charles, cousin, and friends. <laughs> now this Prince cousin, so it was Charles, cousin, which was Prince, and friends. <laughs> so Andre Simone was like basically me and Prince started this band and I was Charles because he the oldest uh, cousin and then the friends. He was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, wow. yeah, so then he was like, he chose the name Soul Explosion, but they they weren't really feeling that. Okay. So then they, then they changed it from Soul Explosion to Phoenix and then nobody liked that. Okay. So then they went from Phoenix to Sex Machine. Nah. And then they was like, nah, because we are kids. Like, right, no. Right. And then they finally settled on Grand Central. Grand Central. And Prince came up with that name. Grand Central, fellas. <laughs> In the conversation. That's it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so Andre's sister, Linda, that's his older sister, mm-hmm. she joined Grand Central playing keys because they needed a keyboard player. Okay. So they held most of their rehearsals at Terry Jackson's house, who actually lived next door to Andre. Okay. So at this time, they were primarily playing at like the local rec center and high school dances, you know, little stuff like that around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so in 1974, Chaz was kind of like doing the most. So they was like, nah, we getting a new drummer, (laughs) right? And so they didn't, Chaz didn't know that they was kind of looking for a new drummer behind his back. (laughs) All right. So here's the thing. Andre was, you know, at high school at this time so he had a you know a little band that people knew about he was in a band in high school and they all knew who he was a musician so it was this little light-skinned kid that kept coming up to him every day and was like i play drums you need to hear me play and he (laughs) was like okay you really getting on my nerves (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so Morris Day Dang. was just like, hey, you need to really hear me play these drums like I'm good. <laughs> and so Andre finally gave in and he was like, all right, I'll listen to you and play the drums. Because <laughs> he kept asking to be in the band. And Andre like, we got a drummer, but he like, I'm better than him. Uh, so uh. so he was like, okay. So Morris was like, come to the band room, listen to me play. So he's like, all right, I'll come listen. <laughs> so they get in the band room Moore is getting set up to play and he about to start and the drums were not like on a rug or anything. Mm-hmm. So then the drum set somehow just fell apart and broke. <laughs> so they done broke the drums in the band room and Andre Simone got blamed for it. He got in trouble for it. But <laughs> so then now uh, Morris ain't had no drums to play on. So Morris was like, hey, come to my house after school so you can hear me play. And Andre like, I don't just go to dude's house. Like, I don't know you. I'm not coming to your house. And he's like, man, Morris like, it's not like that. I promise. Just come hear me play. I'm good. <laughs> so he was like, okay, I'll come to your house. So he was like, he didn't live far from the school. Right. So he was like, he get to Morris' house and he like, dang, they got a nice crib. And you know, he had all type of instruments and stuff. And so he had like a nice drum set. So he like, okay, maybe this kid can play. Mm-hmm. So he was like, but the first thing he saw when he got to Morris house, he was like Morris mama. He was like, she was so fine. He said, I don't care what he sound like on drums. He was about to get that gig just off his mama alone. Wow. He was like, he's in love when he seen Morris day mama. Yeah. You know, look, this is how silly I am. All right. And if you know anything about the time, you'll understand what I'm about to say. Oh boy. But this, this is how silly I am. When you said Andre (laughs) Simone went to um, Morris day house and you know what the first thing he's saying, dude, I would have fell out on the floor if you had said a clock because of the, the time. time. <laughs> Get out of here. All right, okay. All right. Back to the story. Not a clock. I'm so done. All right. So, okay. So Morris, he played was hit on the drums and he okay. said he played a lick for lick. Okay. So he was like, man, you are a new drummer. But. Now, Oh, go ahead. I was about to say, I wish that there was a recording or a video, Prince, Andre Simone, Morris Day playing together. I'm sure some footage somewhere. And actually, I just got done with the Morris Day book 
when when Prince was kind of like transitioning Morris Day to the time, mm-hmm. he made Morris be the cameraman. Oh, yep, he sure did. I, so I I'm sure there's some that. type of the footage out, out here in the vault that would be like prime footage that we would love so to somebody see. Somebody got it. Somewhere. Somebody got that footage somewhere. Morris need to come off the videos and send it to the people. <laughs> he might that not even doing. have it though. Like know, you never know because we know the stories. All right, All so right. Um, yeah, but at, even at that same time when he was at the house, he was like he noticed a brand new white Fender. It was a wife. It was a P base, mm. and he was like, uh, "Who base is that?" Morris was like, "Oh, that's mine. I just got it." <laughs> he was like, oh, "Okay." So he said he left Morris' house with a new drummer and a new bass. What? Morris' hey, day gave him his fender. I do. You could be in my band. <laughs> if you. All right, so all right, so look at this. Andre Simone, like, get out of school. This is, class is over with. You've been thinking about going home. I'm about to go chill with Prince, go write this music. This kid, Morris' day, like, yo, what up? Man? Come, come to my crib, man. I play drums. Like, come check me out. Andre Simone, like, look, dude, I'm like, I'm about to go to the crib. Like, Morris, like, look, come check him out. So check this out. Morris Day, I mean, not Morris Day, Andre Simone gets to his house, falls in love with Morris Day's mom, gets a brand new bass, and was like, all right, cool, you can be a drummer. Like, dude, what a great day for that guy. <laughs> right, right. And then, so, you know, Morris Day, he was in heaven at that point, but this ain't about him, it's about Andre. Right. So, um, yeah, so of course he joined Grand Central, and then at, they started doing original music at this time too. So in early 1976, Andre Prince and Morris Day they recorded a demo at ASI Studios where they recorded six original songs. Those six songs were "39th Street Party," mm-hmm. Lady, "Lady Pleasure," "Machine," "You're Such a Fox," "Grand Central," and "Whenever." And then in late 1976, Terry Jackson and Prince both left Grand Central. Okay. So the rest of the band changed their name to Champagne at that time. Okay. And so Andre actually said, you know, um, Terry Jackson, he wanted, he needed to go make more money. So, you know, he's like, okay, cool. And Prince, he wanted to go and do his own do thing. His he own said thing. people really, people thought that they were beefed out and it wasn't. He was like, Prince left Grand Central with his blessing. Okay. Like it wasn't no okay. beef there and people were trying to make it be you know okay everybody be in the business right right and so um but champagne that didn't last long they ended up disbanding in early 1978 all right so we're gonna back up in 1977 prince was signed to warner music and he was 18 at this time okay so a newly 18 year old prince got a record deal oh boy <laughs> 18 year old prince man so in so the, that's like what six years? What twelve? When he met Andre, was he about seventh grade? Mm-hmm. That's about twelve. Yeah. So six years after he met, now he got his own thing. Okay. So in the summer of nineteen seventy eight, Prince started to assemble a backing band for his tour because he getting ready to go on tour. Okay. So the very first person he recruited was Andre, of course, of course. on bass, and then he held auditions for about two months at a tire shop. <laughs> It was called Dale's Tire Mart, <laughs> and this was in Minneapolis, and he rented rehearsal space there. So after months and months, of, well, it was just a couple months of auditions, the band was complete with Bobby Z on drums, okay. Gail Chapman on keys, Des Dickerson on guitar, yeah. and Matt Fink on keys. Matt Fink. Yep, and they performed their first two shows in Minneapolis on January 5th and 6th of 19, 1979. Now, I wonder, is it um, video footage of that out? Um, it probably is. Um, so in July of 1979, that same year, Prince organized a 12-day recording session at Mount Ear Studio in Boulder, Colorado. Mm. And um, this was just, you know, for the band. And he kind of at this time named the band The Rebels. Okay. So the sessions were an opportunity for Andre to write his own songs. And he had, you know, two songs, I believe. Um of the nine tracks that recorded during this session. Um, so on there you had Too Long, Disco Away, Instrumental Number One. Those three songs were written by Des Dickerson. Okay. Thrill You or Kill You, Instrumental Number Two. Those two songs were written by Andre. Okay. And then You, 
If I Love You Tonight, The Loser, and Hard to Get were all written by Prince. Okay. And this is, we can listen to this? I'm sure is these are available? out there somewhere. Okay. These were demos. So, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so in 1979, the Prince tour began, and it lasted until 1980 when it was relaunched after eight shows. Then it was changed, and he joined Rick James on tour, opening up for Rick. Oh, boy. And we know how that story yep, goes. Yep. We'll be here another hour. We talked about yeah, that time. Yeah, <laughs> if you know anything about the Prince story, it's like been more than, more than confirmed because we've heard this story through Morris. Hearing it through some, Man. you know, Andre. It was like some of these stories were outrageous, man. but I would have, man, to be a fly on the wall <laughs> during that time. I wish I could have seen it. And there was a story about when they came here to Detroit, and I can't remember all the particulars, so I'm not gonna get into it. But mm, Google it, man. Yeah. But um, yeah. So in nine in December of 1980, after the release of Dirty Mind. Andre, he went back on tour with Prince Band again, and they played 11 dates for the Dirty Mind tour. Okay. But after they came back, Andre left the band. And he left, he left because he had a few issues with Prince. Okay. Like, not getting credit for his contributions to the music. And see, and that's what, I, that's what like, one of the biggest things I suspected in the beginning. Yeah, because um, there was a lot of songs that he did write that Prince took credit for, and that whole sound, like, was really, mm-hmm. he was a pioneer of it. And Prince never wanted to hear his input in the studio. Like, he didn't care about what anybody had to say at that time. And he wasn't valued as a, you know, integral part of the music. Yeah. And he wanted to focus on his own career. Yeah. He did, so they had to do a European leg of the tour. So he did honor those tour dates because, okay. you know, it was about a month apart. He came back and he did those dates, and um, then he was done. He never played with Prince after that. So he was, like, when you listen to the Brown Mark story and then listen to Andre Simone's story, Andre was smart because he got out before he could got, before he got, before he had a chance to, for Prince to get, you know, get played by Prince. Yeah. Brown Mark got messed around, man. So did Morris. And it was yeah, both so in their Morris, books. Yeah, yeah, Morris and Brown. Both of them, like when it comes to music and what Prince said he was going to do with the music and give him credit for and all that stuff, Andre seen the warning signs and was like, nah, bro. Like, you know, we, like, we lived in the same house. Like, right. we wrote songs in the basement. Yeah. Like, I, like you gonna take that for real? That's my song. You know that. You know that, right? <laughs> I yeah. think you should move upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should move upstairs, Andre. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Man. So and then um, okay. So I saw an amazing interview. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me get let me get to this, and I'll bring up the interview. Okay. All right. So um. After leaving Prince's camp, he signed a deal with Columbia Records where he recorded two albums, Living in the New Wave, that yeah, was 1982, that, yeah, that's yep, my jam right and there. Surviving in the 80s in 1983. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at this time, I I found an amazing interview with Nat Turner ah, from the scene. Yeah. he um, So what? Andre Simone, he performed on the scene. And let me just tell y'all. And I'm sure I've seen this. Man, it's, it's terrific. Well, Kind of okay. I'm gonna get into it, but for our listeners who are not from Detroit or not old enough, um, the scene was a dance show yep. that came on in Detroit, and um, the host was Nat Turner, and he yeah. is like a, a Detroit pop culture like yes. icon. Yeah. So, so if um, you know the new dance show, the scene was before the predecessor, that. Right. and so um, Nat Turner, Nat Lord, not Nat Turner, <laughs> not the activist Nat Morris. Y'all, ain't, you ain't even gonna correct me. <laughs> Nat Morris, y'all. <laughs> Nat Morris. <laughs> he was the host of the scene. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So in AKA Captain Geek, um, so it was an interview and it was funny because people was like, Man, God bless Nat Morris for being able to sit through this interview because Andre Simone was on some other stuff. He was <laughs> and people would say that he was acting like Prince in the interview, but people who know they were like no that was andre Andre. first that was his whole that whole like nonchalant kind of mystique um you know (laughs) you leave people guessing type of personality yeah that was him 
and pe- <laughs> and people have said that was in that circle that Prince got that type of swag from Andre. From Andre. But you know, well, I wouldn't say knowing how they grew up together. I'm gonna say there was just influenced that, each other. Yeah, you know, because yeah. they they hung out with each other. Yeah. So it's just like. You know, you got two buddies that write mm-hmm. music together. It's going to be things that they do that are similar. You know True. what I'm saying? Um, but I'm just saying, based on what people yeah. were there have yeah. said, um, that's what they say. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, in that whole interview, like, Nat asking him, like, you know, interview <laughs> questions. And Andre Simone kind of like, you know, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, but I love Detroit, though. I love Detroit. Like, <laughs> The interview was hilarious, oh, but man, I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's classic eighties. I love it so much. Um, but and he was on there talking about like how they now okay, you remember the twenty grand. Yeah. Like, you know, all the old cats, my mom and them, probably your mom and they mm-hmm. they all used to hang out there because anybody the who's who of anything came to the twenty grand to perform. Uh-huh. And so he had performed at the twenty grand and um you know he was talking about this stuff and talking about the ladies and i was like man that is so 80s detroit <laughs> and i was just a kid but i used to always remember my mom and them talking about going to the 20 grand yeah but um yeah so that's a great interview i'm gonna drop that in the playlist okay. as well um so yeah andre also because he was doing things for other artists too he also wrote and produced four songs uh for evelyn champagne king's uh 1983 album face to face Okay. So Prince recorded the dance electric on August 17, 1984, but he decided to give the song to Andre. Yeah. So Andre's you vocals. You can hear it in there, but yeah, I love that song. Yep. And Andre's vocals were overdubbed at some point between 84 and the summer 85. Mm-hmm. And then the song was released on his third solo album, AC, and the dance electric became Andre's biggest hit. Yeah. So Prince gifted him that song. And um, he also worked with Jody Watley, producing mostly all of her first album. Okay. And he did all the instruments on, like, a lot of the songs on there. And um, he worked on a couple more albums for her after that, but he was also married to her, and they had a child together. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. And I didn't know that. And his most recent and sixth studio album was released in 2017, titled 1969. Okay, I got to check it out. Yeah. I can't get past living in a new way. Whenever I yeah. you know, want to hear Andre Simone, that's like, that's the album to go to. Kelly's I mean. Eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so Andre said that he kind of, in this circle of, you know, spaces he played in and stages he performed, he kind of developed a reputation of being cocky and having a bad attitude. Mm. And, you know, he said people always say, you, you got a bad attitude, you look mean all the time, blah, blah, blah. So he said, I know. He was like, he did that on purpose because he wanted to be the best. He said, wasn't nobody going to outplay him. Okay. If he went on stage before anybody, wasn't nobody going to come up there and be like, oh, I could I could do that or I could do better than that. <laughs> so he was like, I wanted to be the best, so I acted like the best. Okay. And so he was like, you know, I, I did that on purpose. Like, you know. Hey, and, and, and I can see that. I can see that. I mean, you. it's been times I've seen, you know, people out there that you don't even realize how not sweet they are because you didn't got caught up <laughs> in how sweet. in how sweet they present themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got that guy, that musician that come out there and he present himself like he's sweet and then got the little showmanship along with it. Before you know it, you like, yeah, this dude's sweet. He ain't played nothing sweet. But you <laughs> like, like he's put on sweet. the show right. like, yeah. That guy that is out there playing everything intricately and everything and just playing, you like, yeah, this guy's boring. You know what I'm saying? But he's playing some amazing stuff. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, yeah, but he has so many stories. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I I could just listen to him all day. And it's funny the way his storytelling of a lot of things that happened at that time. Mm -hmm. It is just so, like, entertaining to listen to because you feel like you're there. He's a great storyteller. So, I'm like, I'm all in. Um, So, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for Andre Simone. And that talks about the time, you know, covers the time that he played with Prince and a little bit about about what he did after. But he's the OG bassist for Prince. He's the OG bassist, And responsible for a lot of the sound, the early Prince sound that we have known and loved. Yeah. Yeah, because not only was he just the the bass player or the guy that played bass, he wrote he wrote music. He yes. wrote a lot of music. So, yeah. and like if you hey, 
you get a chance living in the new wave check out just bring back the old 82 andre simone out i'm telling you if you were old prince fan man you're gonna you're gonna listen to this and you'll be like oh my like when i listen to it i'm like oh all i need is you like i didn't realize how much i love that song yeah and he's definitely a forefather and architect of the minneapolis sound <laughs> Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. So a big base for the culture. Salute to you, Mr. Andre yes. Simone. Keep, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and I'm going to check out them interviews. Oh, man, so good. So out. good, yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we do have a few minutes for a couple of segments here. And so um, let's go ahead and get right into it. And let's do studio since we're talking about Minneapolis. Okay. All right. So for the studio session... We usually pick one artist. We pick two songs from the artist. And the scenario is, hey, you're um, a traveling recording bass player and you only got time. they like, hey, Nene, we need you to come in the studio. We got Lizzo in here. We got two songs, Studio A, Special, Studio B, Coldplay. Which one can you do? I don't mess these up. I meant the uh, other one. But, yeah, we'll do, we'll mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Oh, you was talking about producer seat? Yeah, I didn't oh, okay. say the wrong yeah. No, well, let's stay here. Let's stay okay, here. Right, we, yeah. we know Lizzo is not from Minneapolis. She is right here from Michigan, Flint. <laughs> That's Detroit adjacent. So what up, though? What up, um, So, okay, if I had to choose, I want to play special. Okay. I love Coldplay. It's a beautiful song. I love that song. However, special is a vibe. It's it's in my lane. Okay. And it, it's it's a fun song to play. So okay. I'm choosing special. All right, that's cool. Now it makes room for me, and I'm going to go in the studio B and play Coldplay. Okay. Because that's the one I picked. And it's, it's a good place. Yeah. So yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's one. We got that one done. And so what you want to do, producer yes, C? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> okay. All right, so producer C, we're in the studio. We're producing, and we got this time two songs instead of one. Okay, you got to pick. Either the same bass player for both songs, different bass player for each song, but we're um, bringing back this Minneapolis sound, so we need you to produce this for us. The one song, first song is Alexander O'Neill's Never Lo- Never Knew Love Like This. We need you to find a bass player, live bass player for that. And the second song is The Time, Ice Cream Castles. We need you to find a bass player for that. Who are you going to pick? Okay, for um, Alexander O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Uh, for never knew love like this, mm-hmm. I'm choosing Janine Wilson on bass ah. because I love me some Alexander O'Neill. Okay, and I'm going to play never knew love like this. Okay, I'm going to play if you were here tonight. Okay. I'm going to play Saturday Love. <laughs> okay, I love Alexander O'Neill. Okay, so much. All I'm right. a fan. Okay, so so yeah. we should. All right, so we should just. I'll do the Lizzo's um, studio A. I'll do your Lizzo. <laughs> And then you could just go on the studio and just record his whole yeah, album. Yeah, I'm, I'm choosing myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And then back then, like, um, you know, Jay-Z. Oh, I need to go to bed. I did not <laughs> just say Jay-Z. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis did a lot of his songs. Yeah. Early songs and Monty yeah. Moore. Yeah. Moy- Moyer. Monty Moyer. <laughs> Monty Moore. <laughs> <laughs> did a lot of his music. So, um, and it was synth, so there wasn't a lot of live bass. So, no. yeah, I want to play okay. myself. And then, uh, what was the other one? Um, the Time Ice, Ice Cream, Cream Castle. Castle. I actually picked Kern because okay. he's such a funky bass player, and that's his lane. Like, yeah. he loves okay. funk, so I picked Kern Brantley. Okay. All right. I got you. Okay. Now, we flipped the same scenario around, and... Um, Producer seat for me for Alexander O'Neill never knew love like this before. Um, it was crazy because like thinking about it, I could go on for days. But the like Andre Andrew Goucher was like the first person that just popped. Why you in always want to call him Andre? I don't know knowing his name Andrew. Andrew I know, I know Goucher. That's why I just be like Gooch. <laughs> I picked the Gooch. I picked the Gooch to play that. I could just hear that um, MTD just crawling all over that. Ah, you know that's what I'm saying. Good. And then um, for the time, for the ice cream castles. So, like, it's really not like a bass line in there. It's just kind of like a little little mute in there, like groove. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, people are going to get tired of it, but I picked David Dyson on this, man. Wow. You know, he got that lock. He locked in on that mute <laughs> groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I'm telling you, like, David, if you hear this and you just got some spare time, just do an overdub on ice cream cover. castles. <laughs> yeah, cover. Just do a cover on Ice Cream Castle because I know you're going to kill it. 
right, but that's who I picked. So I got Gooch on the base for on Alexander and Dyson on Ice Cream Castles. All right, um, those good good choices. Okay. I could I I could hear that uh, Gucci. All right, um, for time's sake, let's go ahead and do. Because this is going to be interesting to me. I really want to do uh, the gig studio pass. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see what you're going to say. Okay. Um, they can't hear you if you turn away from the mic. Yeah, no, I was just checking something. Did you not re- pre-think this? Yeah, I thought I knew. And I do want to apologize to y'all real quick. If you have heard snoring this entire episode, it's Fender. He's snoring. Apologies. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to go to another segment? No. We could do it. This was yours. This was I your know, idea, buddy. I know, man. It's funny. <laughs> do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go okay. first. All right. So give them a, a overview of what you have changed for this. Okay, so we usually do gig studio gift, and we usually pick like um, a, a certain type of bass or a certain type of genre or luthier bass, and we pick, um, you know, either you're going to gig with it, studio or pass. I mean, gig studio or gifted instrument. So this time I kind of switched it up a little bit. It's, it's gig studio or pass, and it's basically based off of what is your favorite key to play in. Okay, so when he was like, yeah, what's your favorite key to play in? gig studio pass and i'm just kind of like um so for the whole gig i'm only gonna play in one key no like, just with your favorite oh, key. Okay, like, like, like you know all right for some you know for some i guess because okay, so i'm just saying but why are we still doing gig studio because you might have a favorite key to gig in because you know you could be a little more you know Okay, and because and we married might, and i know how your brain work i just went along with it. okay so my favorite so for my gig key that I would enjoy doing the gig in, for me, it would be F major. Okay. I'm just comfortable with F major. Okay. Like, I love that key, and I love the positions. It's comfortable okay. for me. Okay. okay. So it's one of my favorite keys to play in. And if we're doing a gig, we're doing a long gig, I'm not saying every song will be an F major, but I enjoy <laughs> an F major song, okay? Okay. So um, for a studio, I want to play an A minor. And that's because a lot of songs that I enjoy sonically are in A minor. So okay, okay. But for uh, if I had to pass on a key, it's gonna be E major. E major. Yes. Nobody <laughs> got time for all them shards. I'm. I don't want to. So no, <laughs> we could just pass. Okay. Okay. All right. So for me, like I don't know. Whenever I grab a bass, my my natural just default position is always A flat for whatever reason. So. Oh. I, think I could I just that. I could just go for A flat for a gig studio. You and for be, me, it's F. See, and you could be like Gene. What key? Is, I could be like play a song that I never knew, never played before, and you'd be like A flat. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I'll figure it out because I always start there anyway. And um, I guess for a studio, um, I'm guessing I would. I think my key I would like for a studio, if I'm doing this right, if I'm saying this right, would be like C sharp. Because I believe like the sixth of that major would be a B flat, and I would just like to be able to drop that B flat on a recorded, okay. you know, you know when you record it studio, how it just sound better than. All right, if that make any sense. And then if I had to pass on a key, it'd probably be I don't know E. It's just awkward because I tune flat. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't enjoy E at all. So like bass players that like to do the open slap thing in E, mm-hmm. like for me it would be E flat. E flat. Yeah. So. E is awkward for me. Oh, we, we agreed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's, we're actually a little bit over time. I did want to do shopping real quick. Okay. We got like two minutes. All right. So shopping and I'm saying we go to, all right. So you, you at the music store and they got like 99% off sale and it's either on a Warwick or Elric and you can pick any model you want, which one you're going to go with. All right. So I chose Warrior. Of okay. course. And I chose Warrior because they saved over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the only reason. Okay, so, like, every Warrior base I've heard live is just amazing. Amazing. I, the, Al Turner. 
Like he yeah. was like, oh, oh let, yeah. oh, let yeah. me put oh, whore yeah. here out oh, real yeah. quick, y'all, because yeah, yeah, I got to yeah, like, yeah, yeah. got to turn it up on y'all real quick. So, right, right, right. Yeah, right. right. He um, did. He did. And then Snoop sounded great on his recording. Yeah, with on his, his Warriors. Warrior, so yeah. like, I would choose like a DMB series, like with the quilted maple top. Okay. And then it got the uh, Fat Boy Jazz pickups on it. Okay. And then it got the uh, Big Bottom preamp with the push pulls, and to top it off, mm-hmm. they anoint your bass. With okay. oil and they pray over it. Oh, so wow. bring me that anointed bass <laughs> so I can play them anointed notes. And that's what I'm rolling with. Well, I'm going to go with Elric. I'm going to probably get an Evolution 6 string and um, I'm going to bring it home and I'm going to have you pray over it and put some oil on oh, it. Oh, we'll praise him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go with the Elric. Elric just seemed a little more um, personal. Handmade custom more to me. More so than Warrior? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Warriors, they sound good. It's just like more, I don't know, commercially boutique. It is a boutique phase. But Elric's are boutique too, but I think they're just like, I don't know. And Warrior, they're family made. Yeah. So is Elric. I want to say Elric is out here in Detroit somewhere too. I had to check I'm that. I'm gonna have to fact check that yeah. one because I don't I'm know. Have to check that. But we'll fact check that when we say goodbye. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this 21st episode of Base for the Culture podcast. Yes. You can reach us at Instagram. You can reach us on Facebook and Base for the Culture at gmail.com. Um, got anything before we get out of here? Yes. Um, you know, next time you listen to one of our podcasts, like, either before you start or once you're done just share it with somebody send it to somebody i don't know send it to somebody just like scroll through your your your, your, (laughs) uh, contacts and then wherever (laughs) it stopped just hit send and i'm sure they'll thank you (laughs) all right guys so have a happy thanksgiving Thanksgiving. eat all of the macaroni cheese corned beef turkey yams dressing all that good stuff and pumpkin pie because I'm black and I enjoy pumpkin pie so much it's better than sweet potato pie yeah you got me hooked on this pumpkin pie I can't stand it but whatever you're doing please enjoy and be safe out there guys and thank you so much for tuning in and until next time peace peace with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details